Hello and welcome to another episode of Marvin's World Podcast. The podcast where we speak to tantalising and scrumptious individuals who will enable me and you to make what we love a full-time job. If you like this tantalising podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and share it with your friends. If you don't like it, share it with the person you hate most. Today, in this episode, I speak to Vasuda Sharma. She is an immigrant from India to the United States who came in to pursue the American dream. She's been there for a very long time. And she has written an awe-inspiring book to every woman out there who is... and every man out there who can look at making, helping women in the workplace. It's, it's called a book called Why She Must Lead. And in this episode, we go through... It's a little different to what we normally produce, but... Hey, we've got to look at things. It's, it's, it, I thought it'd be interesting in, I thought it'd be interesting to look at this. As you know, it, it, we live in a very strange times and an even stranger society. So I thought this would be the perfect episode for, to look at some one ish, some of the issues that we have. And she discusses her book why she must lead and like her journey to the States. She discusses how the many challenges women face in going up the ladder. She talks about, she discusses how men can be better allies to women in terms of providing a more equal place. And, and there's a lot of practical advice within this episode on what women can do to tackle the objections they face. In terms of achieving what they want. Now, all I want to say is, let's meet Vasuda. Ah, pleasure having you. How are you doing today, Vasuda? I am doing great. Well, it's around seven. 40 in US. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's great. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a beautiful day. So it's, it's nice. Nice to be up. Yeah. And I see you've got like a nice, beautiful room. You've got all those trophies and you've got a picture of someone. I don't know who that is. Is that you when you were younger? Or? Uh, yeah. So, you know, everybody dear to me there is a picture of my son um on my bookshelf ah. and um, then you know there is a picture of me with a great friend of mine so you know people who are very close to the heart <laughs> and you've got some books there some of them look like are they meditation books some of them or yeah so one book is called Gita see I am um I am Hindu by faith, so I read Gita. That's like my Bible. Oh. Um, and uh, then, you know, I have uh, cultural literacy. Um, I am very deeply, uh, you know, passionate about uh, diversity. I'm passionate about uh, equity, inclusion, cultural uh, literacy. So those are the topics which really I appreciate to read a lot on. So yeah, definitely. Those are the books you'll find on my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, and like I think when you when I looked at the, the book, like when it said why she must lead, you can see that there's a quite a spiritual sense there. Non-fiction book, which uh, you know I recently published and released, 
um, but the book is has a lot of true stories of uh, you know females who are considering leadership or uh, women who did not consider leadership so both ways we are trying to analyze but uh, you know the most important thing is the data used in the book because uh, you know sometimes we don't know what is going on so it's very important to look at it closely um about uh, the leadership gap uh, many women have experienced uh, now i'm going to ask you a question have you seen terminator 2 This is a strange segue, but let me explain. So there's a scene where Sarah Connor um, goes to the Terminator and says, what's your story? And I'm going to follow that into you as well, in terms of what is your story of like finding, like building the passion to write this book and to share your knowledge in the world and like your journey into the States? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, I... I was born and raised in uh, New Delhi, India. Um, New Delhi is uh, known to many because it's a capital city. And uh, at uh, you know about six, 15 years now, years, years ago, I immigrated to United States. Um, and I've been living here ever since. So I have seen two very different sides of the world. Um, you know, growing up in India as a little girl and uh, coming to US and uh, you know land of opportunity and uh, trying to live, live a dream and follow my passion here so seeing those two um i would say sides is something which gives you a very unique vision of things um, you um, think more widely more deeply um at the same time what i felt during my journey was being a woman that um, in India, I felt like there was a lot of, a lot of paradoxes I saw. Um, I, when I was born, we had a, a female prime minister, um, and, but my own grandmother was illiterate. So there were women who were highly accomplished, but there were women who were denied literacy. So I felt like, you know, why there were so, so many paradoxes in the society, especially for women uh, back there. Uh, when I moved to the United States, I felt like, you know, maybe somehow I have uh, cracked the code and, you know, I can, I can live the dreams or, you know, follow my passion and aspire. But I did feel that, uh, you know, the challenges for women are very unique um, and they need to be understood. They just cannot be brushed aside. Um, and I know it could be a topic which could be uh, a great uh, you know debating point for many people because we see women everywhere uh you know the with the new, this new century there are women in all walks of life everywhere but uh, i felt women were missing from key leadership position even in the profession which was heavily saturated with female for example i am a physical therapist by my by my profession and healthcare is full of females. There are like so many women everywhere in healthcare, but we didn't have any uh, body in the leadership position. More, like it was almost like uh, maybe very few, very few. Um, so I, I just got curious that what is the reason women are being, you know, shying away or not reaching there. And uh, that curiosity led me to interview a lot of women, understand their barriers, um, understand you know the intersectionality, uh, and how it can affect leadership. Okay. Um, so, did you say that you're a physical therapist, right? I am a physical therapist. I did my doctors of physical therapy in the United States in Utah. Okay. Now, it one thing that came to mind when you mentioned about um, like women having trouble and like needing to pro progress, like obstacles in terms of women progressing, Absolutely. is I want to look at how 
what would you think of if you had Jordan Peterson in a room now? Because I remember a few years ago, he caused a bit of an uproar with talking about a lot of different issues. And one of those was sort of issues, not get, women not getting better jobs. And what would you say to him if you saw him? Can you repeat the last part? Because I couldn't hear the last part. So with Jordan Peterson, mm -hmm. what would you say to him if you saw him? in regards to discussing why women are not employed in higher positions at work as much as they should do? Um, I just feel, you know, we have to understand it from the point of view of women. We have to understand it's, it's not that simple of an answer. And that's why the book is also written in a lot of self-reflective way. Um, I feel one of the main reason is that women do not choose that for themselves. They do not choose to, uh, you know, a lot of times I've heard, oh, women are not as motivated sometimes to take on the role of leadership. And that is not true. Because I have done a lot of uh, interviewing, a lot of, uh, you know, researching the data. And we have an example in front of us. Like, you know, we are sitting in the 2020 century and uh, we have um, Fortune 500 companies, out of them only 38 are women CEOs. So out of 500, we have only 38. And out of those 38, only three are women of color. Now, women of color is anybody like me who is non-white. So I just feel, you know, the, the numbers are speaking for themselves. And there is a lot of, you know, although there has been a change of trends in uh, women having coming to the entry level position. But, uh, you know, this is, I don't think it's a voluntary choice. It's, it's, it's an issue which needs to be deeply looked at and understood from a point of view of women that why, uh, you know, they are not associated with leadership role as much. And is your book sort of like a practical guide for a woman to go out there and get it? And like recognizing some of the common obstacles you'll face and like how you can overcome them? I think it is for everyone. I, my book is about creating allies. You know, when I say by creating allies is that once you understand the cause, you can do something about it. Um, the problem is a lot of people don't call it a cause. A lot of people think that it is not an issue um, because, you know, again, as I said, uh, it can be misleading when you see a lot of women in the workforce. Uh, you know, and you can say, oh, they are everywhere. So I think this book is for everybody to understand the subject and also to be an ally. Because, you know, um, I feel like we should do whatever possible we can to not to have a leaky talent pipeline. Because, you know, if we lose so much talent, it affects, you know, I think it will affect every country. It affects every nation to lose their talent just because of the staff. And the question, what, how, how has, um, so has anything changed, have you noticed over the years in terms of making it easier for women to progress and, and achieve jobs over the years? Um, high positions, sorry. I don't think, uh, you know, there has been anything, um, anything easier, uh, you know, we can put a label on one thing, but I do feel there are more women entering the workforce, which is very true, you know, statistics say that we, we see it for ourselves. Um, it's, you know, this trend, which I just shared with you, um, of um, you know, you take any top leadership uh, positions in the world. I gave you an example of Fortune 500 companies. Out of 500 companies, only 38 uh, women CEOs are there. So they are, you know, the higher leadership positions are still uh, not, you know, as uh, equally filled. There is you know, there is an equality issue and there is an equity issue. Those are, you know, sometimes they, they, we hear them very similarly, but they are, you know, two independent issues. And I feel one of the main reasons the progress has been uneven or even slow uh, in those areas are because 
it was not um, you know registered as as an issue when you see the leadership gap i when i was writing a book i a lot of people had a lot of um, you know discussions over this topic with me they didn't quite understand why this book needs to be written uh, they felt like you know and we live in the modern era and we live in in you know the current times where there are, there are no barriers unfortunately uh, the barriers which uh, i have discussed in the book are not related to you know something which are physically present they are more of like you know our bias they are more of like an unconscious bias and that can only be changed once you uh, register the topic once you understand the cause once you understand the need um, and that's why we need more we need more light on the subject we need more light on understanding the issue of um, leadership gap for women we need to understand you know there are various factors working here so i feel i personally feel that uh, you know i don't think it has been something which has been consciously uh, slow of a progress it's just there are a lot of uh, barriers and biases involved because of just poor education on them mm. now one of the things i want to ask you is i want to find out a bit more about how so you work as a physical therapist right yeah. okay see you later um what what's um what's how has your experience in like physical therapy being a physical therapist helped you helped inform your your this like inform how did it, what was it about it that inspired you to write your book and what examples have you seen of like where women have been even though they're qualified within your industry or in your workplace where they've been qualified but haven't got the job they deserve Oh, there are plenty of examples like that. I myself am a good example. Um, I took leadership uh, role like um, few years ago. I I become uh, the director of rehab, and I took leadership role. But raising a family, taking on that role, uh, facing the challenges, um, it was huge. See, I say healthcare is saturated with women. You know, I I just mentioned that. when uh, you go to any kind of healthcare setting you will see how many females are there we don't have a uh, women in healthcare problem we have women in healthcare leadership problem because you know even if uh, i i researched the data here um but you know the key decision making positions even with 80% of the women being in healthcare were not held by them you know you can say for example if you take a sample of 100 people and you see that out of them 80 are women working in a particular uh, workplace um you know they should be represented um at least in that percentage when you know they are uh, hiring people for the key roles they are hiring people for ceos for director roles um it was not the case i just felt like uh, you know even sitting in the most powerful nation of the world that's how we call it um i felt like um i just uh there, there is no advantage um of being in any kind of uh, place unless you know those barriers are looked at deeply So that was one example I gave you the example of healthcare then you know I'll move on to uh, some examples which I saw while I was growing up now my mother had a full time job and uh, when I was born it was not very common you know at least in Indian society to have you know women have full time jobs and raise a family and um you know be like you know be such a uh, such a major multitaskers in their life it was not common it, it was my household was almost an exception so i started her life and my mom actively denied lot of promotions because she said she she can't make it work raising a family and taking on that because you know 
the gender roles which were given to her, um, you know, and she had her own levels of expectations from her. It, it kept her away from taking on to, you know, a higher professional um, role or a role where she could, uh, you know, grow. Uh, so to balance it out, she compromised a lot of her career, like, you know, she continued doing, working her job, but she didn't uh, want to take, uh, you know, take on higher position. But, you know, as I said, that was a while ago when I was growing up as a little girl. Then I moved to the United States, I found out a lot of women were not choosing leadership, not because of, um, you know, just uh, just because they didn't want it they, they were not choosing it because it just didn't feel right to them and that was again a very curious uh, you know curious finding I, you know why it doesn't feel right why you have to uh why you have to fight that inside yourself to make sure that you know you're going to be okay once you take on that role there has been a study done where, uh, you know, they try to say, you know, there is a saying that men would apply for a job even if they only meet 60% of the qualification and women will not apply for the job unless they meet the 100% of the qualification. So there is, a, you know, there is a behavior trend there. Uh, there is a trend where women feel they are constantly on the guard because they'll be they'll be being judged heavily in the roles they take on. So there are, you know, there are a lot of layers. There are a lot of uh, issues. And, you know, I have seen it for myself, as I said, you know, growing up, coming here, taking on that role. I've seen those examples myself. And I really feel um, that, you know, those examples needed to be highlighted. So that's why I wrote the book. Okay. And who has been your your female heroes that have inspired you to do this? I think, uh, you know, when we talk about heroes or sheroes or, you know, inspiration, uh, we are trying to find an answer and like, you know, maybe naming a couple of names. I would tell you very honestly, I feel I get inspired by any woman who has a courage and ability to speak up for herself. I feel that is very huge especially women need to learn that more often. Uh, they, we shouldn't always look for ways or, you know, saviors or icons. Oh my God, we would, you know, always show us the light. No, we should cultivate and find that courage to speak up, to stick up for ourselves. Um, and any person I see, you know, any woman who demonstrates that attribute, even any person that shows that quality of, you know, that courage to, uh, you know, speak their conviction, to, um, you know, stick up for themselves, to fight for what they aspire for, I is just highly inspirational to me. And I have met so many women like that. I mean, I, I cannot even... Um, just uh, say a few names because throughout my career and my life, uh, when I see that uh, that quality, it, it's very inspiring to me. Okay. And who are sort of male heroes of yours that have stood against adversity? Well, I, so I'm a mother of two boys. And um, I have uh, my husband uh, who has been the pillar of support to me. Um, I don't know what I would have done. I, I honestly, you know, writing this book, raising a family of uh, two kids. My kids are young. One is uh, eight year old and other is 12. And uh, raising a family, having a full-time job, trying to follow my passion of writing, being an author, I don't think I can do it unless, you know, my, I had that support from my husband. Even while I was growing up, my father was a huge inspirational person to me because, you know, my father demonstrated that how much, uh, you know, a man can do to, you know, have that shared responsibility at home where women can thrive. Um, my mother, as I mentioned, with full-time job on her life, and she, was, she wouldn't be able to do it if my dad was not beside her. 
uh, and you know she wasn't able to raise us so well. So I feel like um, my dad definitely has always been greatly inspirational to me. Mm. Um, and then I also uh, felt like after I came to United States, um, my husband was a great example. In fact, I've mentioned him in my book that how he helped me understand feminism. I didn't know much about feminism. I, I learned it through him. And what is the greatest example? What what are the main things that men can do to support feminism? And what are the main things that women can do to support feminism? Oh, that's a great question. So I I, I talk about um, male allyship, uh, you know, how the role of male advocates for helping bridge the leadership gap for women. One of the thing is, you know, if we look at the world population, men and women are almost like equally, you know, 50-50 almost. Maybe we have a few more women in the world, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty fair amount of, so half of the world is out there, you know, in form of men who can definitely help a great deal. Second, I feel like men still hold key leadership positions, like, you know, example I gave Fortune 500 companies, other companies, uh, they have that advantage where they, you know, they have those positions, they have those powers, they have those privileges. What is one way is, first of all, to understand, you know, this topic needs to be understood. I don't want men to become enthusiastic without even learning um, the challenge which women are facing when they are trying to bridge the leadership gap. So how can they do that? One of the good ways to understand the challenge is to, first of all, be an active listener. Uh, you know, try to understand, try to listen, try to observe. Try to educate yourself on the topic. You know, there are a lot of books which talk about male advocacy, even including my own book. I, I wrote a whole chapter on it. I put some great examples and ideas in there. Uh, so, you know, it begins with listening. It begins with, uh, you know, acknowledging the topic. After you do that, I think a lot of times men have a, you know, I feel like men do want to support and they do want to, uh, help with uh, with this uh, you know advocacy with male advocacy, but the problem is that sometimes they feel they'll be typecasted, or sometimes they feel like you know they might feel some kind of um, 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 you know a barrier within when they talk to other men about uh, you know uh, about male advocacy. They they may not. Uh, be as actively involved and that's another challenge to have that um, you know that uh, group with you to have that uh, you know your tribe with you of male advocates so i would say do not feel like you know you are alone male have a tough time advocating for women any men who have tried to do that and uh, that shouldn't keep them off um, the one thing which uh, you know we need for male advocacy is uh, to be actively doing it, to not, you know, you don't have to find time to be a male advocate. You can just integrate that in your daily life, in your daily actions. You can be a great example. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, make sure that uh, you create safe space for women um, who are able to share their challenges. You can uh, have topics, discussions on it. But you know, definitely, as I said, listening, observing, and um, being an active advocate requires uh, a lot of uh, thoughtfulness, requires a lot of, uh, you know, uh, passion on, on the topic. So make sure that, you know, you, you definitely are doing it for the right reason. You understand the topic. You are able to uh, you know, read more about it um, and, you know, educate yourself on it. Um, I have spoken about something like a glass cliff. You know, by glass cliff, I say is if you are very enthusiastic about being a male advocate, but you have not understood the responsibility and you have not understood the whole idea behind it, 
you might place women on a glass slip. Like, you know, you should understand what um, you are trying to do to promote women to leadership roles. Uh, you should help them be prepared for it as well. You know, you shouldn't, like glass slip is like, you, you didn't spend a lot of time in understanding and, you know, um, advocating or promoting for mentorship or sponsorship, but you just, you know, get her to the leadership role. You know, she has a greater chance of failure then. So you have to make sure you have to work in your way in a very um, problem solving approach, as I said, you know, not just uh, advocating uh, for women to get on the leadership role. You should also make sure that you are, uh, you know, advocating for more mentorship, more sponsorship. There are not many examples out there. And that's the challenge I faced when I took the leadership position. I didn't have a lot of I didn't have a mentor and I didn't have an example of another female in that role uh, which I could have taken on and you know could have related to that. So I just uh, feel they need to be good advocates by understanding, by listening, uh, by being more thoughtful and uh, you know more education on how they can help women. Okay well so you've said a lot of things about support and like what men and women can do, but uh, there is a flip side to what you've said there. And I hope you don't mind me asking that is that there are like on the comedy circuit, there's a lot of male comedians who claim to be feminist, but they're the reverse of it. And they're basically just saying it just so they can, you know what? And then there's a lot of occasionally sometimes there'll be female comedians on a circuit who will misuse certain things to try and get people that they don't like into trouble. And there are people that misuse what you're talking about here. And how do you, what, what do you do there with people who are trying to misuse okay, the so, movement? Okay. I think what you're asking me is if women are working in a heavily male dominated industry, um, and, no. uh, Oh, okay. Sorry. I then please, please explain your question. To me. The, what I'm getting at is I'm talking about people who misuse it. People who people who claim to be on the side of women from the male side but aren't, oh, and then try and like take advantage of the woman, and then also what's it called? Women who misuse it to get people that they that men that they don't like into trouble. Because well, that happens a lot in comedy. I know, and unfortunately, you know, that's the truth of it. Sometimes uh, we do face those kind of challenges. Um, I would say, as I, you know, stated previously in this talk is, first of all, that ability to speak up for yourself, the ability to, you know, women, definitely, I, you know, I always, um, try to encourage more, you know, in any kind of discussions and talks and saying uh, is that you should have, you should not look for your saviors. You should not look for somebody who is going to be, you know, it's nice to have an advocate. It's really nice to uh, have that kind of, uh, you know, support around you. But women should definitely find the courage to speak up for themselves. They should definitely actively be doing that. Um, you know, I more importantly, women uh, should never uh, underestimate the power of networking. They should never underestimate the power of uh, getting together. Uh, I, you know, there, uh, the, what you have said is very true in many times and in, you know, in different uh, ways I've seen people are misusing, uh, there is a misguided um, reasoning behind it. and. Again, I that part and that side it can only be resolved when we are first of all uh, trying to make sure that we are not going to tolerate any kind of injustice if it is done, and not only for ourselves but for somebody around us. If you know that that you know you you have that courage, you have that ability to speak up that is going to go long way and that ability is the most important ability when you are talking about advocacy when you're talking about social justice that that ability to speak up is huge so 
my only thing is that when people are being not fair when people are trying to be uh, more on you know with the wrong intention and you know there is uh, definitely you feel like you said something and did something else do not never take injustice as uh, a solution never take coping as a solution um and again as i said the book talks a lot about that um and you know about the importance of speaking up the importance of uh, you know um uh, trying to get together every chance you get uh, the importance of networking uh so you have more support than you think sometimes we just have to look up and reach out right now Yeah, so I want to lead to there. What, yeah, what are some what are some stories of people that have been like, who your book has helped change the life of? Uh, what some who's who who are people that have like messaged you and said, "Oh, thank you, man, you've really changed my life." Oh God, it happened yesterday. I, you know, and I would tell you, you would you would be. intrigued so i got um, a video review by a little girl in india and i got a video review by um, you know a professor uh, she she's a college professor and uh, she's a senior lady uh, so two very different uh, you know women in age in their uh, environment in their uh, role and i think as i said this book is for everyone because i'm not talking about a problem which is just a women problem you know hillary clinton said in um a un speech um women rights and human rights so this issue of leadership gap and you know equality inclusion uh, diversity is is a human issue and uh, i think in a way it will touch everybody in a very positive way it has touched many so far and uh, you know those examples of the people i don't even know and when they send me their video reviews those examples are i would say the best examples i can give you because you know if they know me personally i might have influenced them in a way more than you know the book but uh, if they don't know me and you know they have just read the book it it speaks for itself that you know how wide of an audience we have to you know who can definitely uh take something by reading from the book and uh it's it's you know the message is very clear the message is that you know it's women rights are human rights it's 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 you know it's it should affect every person this topic and you know it's about creating allies so um yeah we we have lot of readers right now because i launched last week on amazon kindle i have global readers right now people in different parts of the world have downloaded the book and have read it so the people who don't know me and who love the book are my true i would say um true admirers <laughs> because you know they definitely have taken something from the book which they have given you know given their reviews on okay and for someone who because we do live in a society that's very mixed and we've got some good and we've got bad for someone who is <laughs> a bit um let's just say the opposite of being a feminist as a male how does your book help to inform them and change them I think one of the way it can help them is that to understand the understand the challenge you know they it's definitely a challenge to get um acquainted with the barriers with the bias you know and again I don't want to just highlight those I want to have a very problem solving approach so 
those things like you know for example i mentioned unconscious bias now unconscious bias is not like something if if i enter a room and somebody is not very well educated on um the barriers and bias um you know you can pose to a woman of color uh they might have have some kind of uh, you know that unconscious bias and they might not like you know they might not be as um, open to the idea of hiring like you know they for example if you look at the data or statistics um there was a very interesting study done where you know the resume uh they just sent some fake resume to university student and uh, they tried to uh, you know help help them highlight who is they'll consider for hiring and who they will not consider for hiring so what they did was they what they found out was the more feminine names did not get into the list who were being considered of being hiring because of you know whatever other indicators they had um, you know their age or their you know their the way you know their family set up their marital marital status it does affect you know as much as we would like to reject the idea and say oh we live in a very equal world we don't it does affect uh, you know your how you are you know how you are looked at um, and if you do not understand how to fight that bias in your mind when you are in a position of hiring or when you are in a position of welcoming diversity in workplace when you're in a position of promoting um you know people it's going to affect a lot of things you know it's it's going to create a leaky talent pipeline so people who feel like oh i am up for equality but do not understand that bias do not understand those barriers they really are not doing as good of a service as they can because you know they cannot eliminate it and a lot of times it is unconscious you know that you are not doing it actively uh, some people may be just saying oh i am up for equality but if they are not educated enough how to promote diversity how to be more inclusive um it it definitely poses as a challenge in itself now with your book as a whole like where where do you see things going like where do you see like what you've with your book you've you spread in the message but what's next with all these corona times and what you're going to do when things get better um so there are two programs i've launched with the book one is um you know i love um the idea of uh, storytelling and i developed it into other programs i think stories are very important to bring people together you know when we share stories that really uh, is the true way to bring the change and a lot of times if people are not aware of what's happening or what's going on it's very hard for them to bring that change but uh storytelling is you know not only an art it's also a gift a lot of people can definitely share a good story but some people can use some help and you know develop like an art so the art and gift of storytelling program i just launched with the book and uh, that program definitely would help people to um be a better storyteller in whatever medium they choose you know it has some vision exercises some you know guided approach to um bring their stories in a more impactful manner um then i have the second program i launched is uh, lead the change so lead the change program is for organizations or groups which are trying to understand diversity equity inclusion and the tools they can use to promote diversity in their environment so those two programs uh, again the goal for the uh, program lead the change uh, the dei program um which i have tried to um you know i have tried to do that workshop many times and you know i have um, i've done the workshop in certain um uh, places and i think every time i do the workshop it's it's so well admired because you know lot it's an eye opener 
you know, a lot of times you're talking about equity, you're talking about equality, but you really don't know the change. You don't know the difference, you know. I would say there's this uh, saying, I in fact included in the book, uh, diversity is like being invited to the party. And um, inclusion is like being yeah. asked to dance. So, you know, sometimes you have to understand the relationship between these uh, terms, which are being so heavily used nowadays. And, you know, you, you need more, like, better tools in your toolbox to promote it. So that's, those are the two programs which are next. And, of course, you know, I'm an author. I'll keep writing. And if someone wants to, f what, what are the sites and, like, where they, can they reach you and what are your social media handles? My social media handles are Vasudha, that's my first name, V-A-S-U-D-H-A-U-S-A, uh, that's for my Instagram. And then my Twitter is Vasudha Voice, V-A-S-U-D-H-A-V-O-I-C-E. Uh, they can find me there. I tweet almost every day and I am very good in responding. And I love to share a lot of interesting inspirational posts. Um, and then I also have my website, vaishimasi.com, uh, where people can uh, get my book in hardcover. So there is a button there, they can pre-order it. My book is uh, coming out in hardcover within next two weeks, so it's, it's going to be in their hands pretty soon. Uh, and again, you can find me on Amazon, Amazon Kindle. Just type my name or type the name of my book, vaishimasi. Uh, and uh, you know it's released all over the world you can check the book out you can leave a good review or you know you can give me your feedback how you know what you like or what you didn't like and i, I look forward to it okay and i want to ask you what what are you most thankful for in life um what would you say to your younger self and what is a quote that you'd like to live your life by I am very thankful for my family. I would say, uh, you know, I think uh, family is the greatest institution. Um, it's very important, whatever family you have, uh, you know, whatever, your family may be different from others, but, you know, your people who are there for you, who you call family, you know, those are very precious. Those are very valuable people. And I really believe a lot in um, the power of the family. Uh, so I'm very thankful for them. I really, I not only my family here in US, but you know, here I've lived in India. I feel uh, every experience counted in my life, it shaped me. Um, and so that's, that's, the, that's one thing I feel like, you know, I don't know what I would have done without my family. Um, and what I feel like, I don't, you know, I don't know what one message I can give, but, you know, as I, I always say one thing, you know, never give up on your dreams. I, one, one quote which I wrote in my book was, if future is like a rocket ship, then your dream must be your launch pad. Let your dreams launch you, you know, you should have your aspiration and your dream launch anything you want to do. Uh, of course, you need the fuel of your hard work, but, uh, you know, never ever give up on your dreams, please. You know, those are very, very important to, and then, you know, make sure you, you do, do take your dreams, um, you know, seriously so that you pursue them, you work hard for them, develop your skills around them. Um, also, most importantly, start with a why. You know, anytime you want to achieve anything in your life, start with a why. You should have a good why behind it, um, to have a clear vision, uh, and you'll be there. That's all. Oh, okay. Just believe it and you can do it. Absolutely. You know, let your dreams launch you. Absolutely. And what, what if you don't achieve your dreams? Um, as I said, you know, start with your why, understand the reason behind it, uh, why you want, like, you know, if I just sit here and say, oh, I want to be a president of the United States. Well, 
what what is my why behind it you know of course i can be anything i want in my dream and i can think having a good why is a very great way to start and then you know once you have that reasoning you can handle your uh, failures and disappointments very well um if you don't have a clear vision of where you are going if you don't have a clear vision of why you want to achieve a certain thing you will have disappointments which are way uh, way more than what you can take and that's why having that vision and that clarity is very important uh and never take failures uh you know as something which is putting you away from what you want to do i feel like failures are the tools for success you need them to get your success in that beautiful shape that you want um and you know just um, just take failures as a great learning opportunity i i really feel do not get disappointed with your failures once you know what you're doing once you know where you're going uh, failures are there to help you actually and yeah that sounds like that's awesome i just want to say um thank you for coming on the podcast i appreciate appreciate you being here and i hope oh, we've had some fun <laughs> yes yes no thank you so much for having me and uh you know um if uh, i don't know if you have my link i can um uh, send you via message yeah the just do that I've shared this. I'll, I'll send it to you. Well, keep in touch. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's been Vasudha Sharma. I hope it's been intriguing. I hope that you've been informed about some of the issues that we're facing. I hope maybe me and you can we can change in terms of our perspective and look at how we can help women further than themselves and contribute to a more equal society. And I'll see you at the next episode.